please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome back, my friends. The topic of today's episode is releasing, perhaps releasing with gratitude, letting go. One of my favorite topics, I've covered this from a jillion angles, I think, so far already. Actually, probably only like three or four, but um, it's just, wow, we got to let go a lot of a lot of things in a lot of ways. Most of the time, um, I feel like that's a pretty, pretty big tenant of like, Buddhist philosophy, um, which is very closely related to yoga philosophy. They kind of, they're like separate limbs on the same tree. They come from the same place. But, um, and then we see it show up a lot in yoga philosophy and that's what I covered here. But the whole idea that like this too shall pass, everything passes, right? But so it's relevant all the time. We're all the time having to let go. And that's was part of the motivation behind this series I'm covering right now, my little inner home for the holidays series where, you know, for whatever variety of reasons, this time of year can be really challenging, whether you see it as challenging in a good way, um, maybe you enjoy the extra hustle and bustle, um, or maybe that gets on your nerves and you wish it wasn't a thing, or um, or maybe a little bit of both, you know, that's fine too. Uh, conflicting feelings can exist at once in our in our experiences, um, or maybe you've had grief or like lost a loved one or, um, just stuff around this time of year and all the cultural implications of it, especially that we feel here in the U S um, you know, Western society. And we have like conflict over the word Christmas, the word, the holidays, and people are just fighting each other all the time. It seems like so, that's why I developed this series because also even all of that aside, maybe you live in a culture where that's not really a thing or maybe you just don't care about it, aren't affected by it that much. Either way, this time of year, in addition to all of that stuff, is also we're moving towards the end of Vata season into Kappa season, which in a couple of weeks I'll have an episode covering Ayurveda and yoga practices for Kappa season. Um, it'll actually come out around the winter solstice because in my brain, um, that's mark. It kind of is the door to the beginning of Kappa season. That's just where I place the marker. It's kind of more of a slow transition. I, I feel like I'm already seeing inklings of it, at least where I live. Like I'm very tired. Um, and if you didn't know, if you're new around here or if you missed the episode where I said something about it, I don't know if I say something about it every time. I'm in my second trimester of pregnancy now, which is like, you're supposed to be less tired, but that could be still while I'm tired. But also, I just noticed personally at this time of year, as um, the nights get longer, I get more tired, which makes sense um, if you kind of operate on a sleeping when it's dark thing and your body produces melatonin, uh, darkness causes your body to produce more melatonin, which would make you more tired because it's more dark. Um, so that's the thing. So I will have an episode in a couple weeks about how to 
deal with that because really, in my opinion, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, like January through March, January and February are like the peak of kava season. Like we might start to see inklings of it now, but um, we'll be really in it then. So it'll the episode will go out on the winter solstice, but uh, anyway, this series, Inner Home for the Holidays, is indicated by either whether you have some some stuff around the holidays, you know, whatever that looks like or means for you, or um, or just as we move towards the end of Vada season and into Kappa season, this kind of rooting down and finding your inner home is really highly indicated right now if you wanted to live in alignment with nature. And then also there are some astrological indications of that, which you can uh, find out about over on my Yogi Scopes podcast. In fact, um, there'll be an episode launching tomorrow. Should have gone out on Monday, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) Sometimes my life is like that, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, At least I'm here, right? I'm doing my best. And uh, so the episode is going to go out tomorrow. I actually, the reason it didn't, um, is because on Monday, I did record two episodes, which normally on Mondays I record that episode and this one, but on Monday I had a really cool interview for this podcast that will go out in January. I'm super stoked to release it, Um, and I also recorded the December Astrological Outlook, which is now live in the membership that I launched, or mm, I am launching it today. Uh, after this, so I'm going to record this podcast, it's going to go out and then I'm going to finish, um, doing, I guess the other stuff, like sending out probably an email, um, social media posts, those things that I don't really particularly enjoy doing. Um, but it's kind of comes with the territory, right. Of doing this kind of business endeavor. So I have to tell people about it, which if you're here on the podcast, you've probably heard about it already. It was supposed to go out last week, but I just, family came into town and I'm pretty good at being present, so I didn't get any work done (laughs) while my family was in town. I was going to finish it up last Wednesday. And I kept thinking um, this, so this is my example, in fact, for the topic today. So we're going to talk about the sunk cost fallacy, which is an economic uh, term or concept, and we'll get more into that. But the idea generally is that like, when you've invested in something, and technically in economics, it's like money, right? Like like actual costs, money. But um, I think it is also relevant to resources or energy or time. You might have invested in something, not just maybe you've also invested money in it. The more you've invested, the less likely you are to let go of it, even when it doesn't make sense to keep holding on. So... That's the angle we're taking today about releasing. Um, And so let me just go ahead and use my example. I was trying to make this like sales page for the membership, which is like what you're supposed to do, I guess. You're supposed to have a page where it's like, here's all the details. And at the bottom is where you can pay and sign up. And it has all, it has like all of the information you could want about the membership, like, um, uh, what you actually get in it, 
what who like the kind of person it might be good for, what you might use it for, what some things like if you what might not be good for. And I've been like brainstorming all that stuff, but do y'all know it's taken me like two full work days just to figure out the formatting of it and linking everything and making sure the links work. So all that is to say, um, I still wasn't finished with it at the end of the day yesterday and I've just had some stuff come up, um, with my kid being sick or like my dog and you know, my pregnancy, just like stuff that's pulling me away from work. Um, all the time happens all the time. And so my, Example with the sunk cost fallacy is I was pretty invested in this sales page. Um, I've spent a lot of time on it already, and I actually even spent money on it. I bought a template, and so I haven't released the membership yet because I'm like, it can't go out until that is done. And last night, I was like, you know what? Actually, really, as it got when I only had about an hour left in the workday yesterday, and I was like way more than an hour from being finished, I was like, you know what? I just need to do something, and the sales page for for the sales page it has to have checkout pages. So I have the checkout pages ready, and those are up on just my regular store page, like where you can go to book any kind of working with me, um, where I have my events and my readings and and stuff on my website. Um, so so that it's there now, and I've been and that's why I'm like, why was I holding on to this freaking sales page so much? Just because somebody else told me. That's what I should have. Uh, And I'm like, well, I've really, I've covered all that information already in the podcast. And if you want to hear more about it, I'll give the whole spiel again on the Yogi Scopes episode that will go out tomorrow if you're unsure or also like it'll be in the email and the um, social media posts I put out. So just find it in one of those places and just rest assured that there will be sales page one day. Um, but so I had to let go of that. I had to say like, you know what, this holding on to the sales page and not releasing the membership because I've spent time and effort on the sales page and it's not done yet is actually costing me more because nobody can sign up for the membership because it's not out yet. Um, than just releasing the membership without it would. So that's a really perfect example of the sunk cost fallacy. So let's get more into um, the nitty gritty of what it means and why I think it's related to yoga because so I've covered uh, in the past several episodes a lot of reasons why this time of year is is good for releasing um, and, and yogic places from yoga philosophy where it might come. So the episode on aparigraha, not grasping. Also the episode on abhyasa and vairagya which is like diligence without attachments to outcomes so those are and then also like the concept of this too shall pass there's all these you know indications in yoga philosophy that we should just let that shit go i even have like a shirt that says that with a little picture of a person meditating on it uh, you know let that shit go and in a thousand ways in a thousand you know iterations We're constantly having to let go of things. And so where this fits into the end of the year series is that also, so we've covered how it's relevant Ayurvedically with Vata season. Um, And then we'll cover even more how it's 
continues to stay relevant through COPPA season coming up. Um, and then just in general, why it's good to release our attachments to our outcomes and our titles and all of those things um, because it just causes us strife to be overly attached. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you've experienced that before um, with my example. And then so the sunk cost fallacy is an economic concept. So, you know, I like to pull some some scientific evidence-based whatever stuff for you too. Um, so where does this fit into the end of the year specifically? It's like the if you want to start next year off really well because, you know, sometimes people – I've I've heard the argument that New Year's resolutions are kind of toxic, and I can see that, but I also think they're effective, and I actually did a whole episode on that too, the one about fresh start dates, and there's some behavioral health evidence behind why having a fresh start date, it's like it cleans the slate for us mentally, and it's like super subconscious where it's like after January 1st, really, you're the same person you were on December 31st, but when you can facilitate that mentality for yourself that this is a new year, so it's a new you, that actually, like, works. Um, So my intention is to help you uh, work through some of the toxic parts of it. And one of them, I think, is not letting go well of the old behaviors or attachments to the way things play out because, obviously, if those things worked – uh, you wouldn't be still trying to change something, right? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, we'll get more into it. So then also like on last week's episode, I talked about gratitude and how to embody gratitude and how we should look pat on the back past year as gratitude because even if it was a really hard year for whatever reason or hard last whatever chunk of time you want to choose, last lunar cycle, last, I don't know, whatever dasha you're in perhaps, um, things like that, If even if it's been really hard, to be sure there's something you can find gratitude for. And so this is also relevant. So if, if it has been really hard, it's good to release the hard part. So if you were like doing the gratitude episode with the, or exercise with the last episode and you're like, wow, I keep coming up with like things that I wanted to happen a certain way and they didn't. And so it's hard to find gratitude. Well, this is where this episode about releasing comes in, okay? So now let's talk more specifically about what the sunk cost fallacy is because if my example, my personal example, didn't uh, help make it clear, hopefully this part will. So a sunk cost, before we talk about the fallacy, let's just talk about a couple different kinds of costs from economic standpoints because even though these are economic terms, they're super relevant to making decisions. It doesn't just have to be about money. It could be about time you've invested in something um, or just energy or resources. It's super relevant to relationships, um, to possessions, like, you know, like items, perhaps clothes, I don't know, whatever, knickknacks, um, beliefs and values, like ways of showing up. So it's, it's relevant to more than just things you've spent money on is relevant to our entire ways of being, like all the little facets of that. 
So, so whatever you're wanting to release or set intentions around getting better in that area of life, odds are you should probably release something first to create space, um, for the new way of being or new way of showing up or new endeavor, whatever that may look like. Um, right. We know this create space, but it's not always as easy. So anyway, a sunk cost is the pure definition is money that has already been spent and cannot be recovered. So, or let's say when I say money, I also mean time, resources, energy, you know, thought space, headspace, whatever. Um, and so the next part of the definition from an economic standpoint is that sunk costs are excluded from future business decisions because the cost will remain the same regardless of the outcome of the decision. So um, that's different than... Uh, so sunk cost is purely money that has already been spent in the past. So it's like I spent money on the template that I bought for my sales page because even with all the formatting, um, it would have been even more formatting if I didn't buy a template. And then the template is just like in there and I just have to fill it in. But I also have to like change it to my colors and pictures and, you know, fonts and things. And it's just not a once and done thing. So I spent money and time on this template, right? And, um, or another example is I was trying to get an engineering degree. Spent a lot of money on the engineering degree. Spent a lot of years of my life, like five years of my life. Only three. I took uh, two years off in that time, so only three of them were actually in school. But still, five years of my life, that was my identity, right? Engineering student. I uh, was going to become an engineer, future engineer, right? Was my. I had my identity super wrapped up in that. A lot of resources uh, spent on that. And so... That, those resources are spent, whether I went on to become an engineer or not, um, I can't get those back, right? And those years and that money and that time, right, that emotional investment either is not coming back. But um, there is another concept called opportunity cost from, from, um, Economics, and I think this is where, this is where the sunk cost fallacy happens because we mistake opportunity cost for sunk cost. So an opportunity cost definition is potential returns not earned in the future on an investment because the capital or resources were invested elsewhere. So um, this example is so when I was. 17 years old, I had already been doing yoga for a couple years, and I wanted to become a yoga teacher, but I looked at that as, like, my family wouldn't really approve, like, that's not a quote-unquote real career path, um, clearly it is, because here I am doing it, but, um, and there are lots of other examples of people that are just full-time yoga teachers, but anyway, at the time, this was, like, more than 10 years ago, this was, like, 12 years ago. And it wasn't as big, at least not in the small town I grew up in. It wasn't really a thing as much. Anyway, so I didn't do that. I was like, I'm going to go do this instead and 
maybe one day down the road after I finish my engineering degree, I'll have a sweet engineering job and I'll be able to pay for the training and do it then, right? Um, But so when I decided to quit engineering school, it was like, oh, man, uh, well, the opportunity, like the, the sunk cost of time and energy and resources I spent on engineering school could also look like an opportunity cost for I spent some of those years um, not working towards becoming a yoga teacher. But that's not, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like I've already spent that anyway, so it's not really an opportunity cost. What an opportunity cost is is like, um, you know, maybe sometimes you made poor investment choices with your time or money or energy or resources and that could have been an opportunity cost but what it is in reality is a sunk cost because you're not getting it back um so an opportunity cost is more like when you look at future decisions so with me with my sales page it's like the opportunity cost of the sales page is not um what's already happened it's by continuing to invest time and energy into this sales page just because I've spent time and energy on it is actually costing me people being able to sign up because it's not out yet and I wanted to release it almost a week ago and it's not out yet and I've been telling y'all about it and it's not out because I've been fixating on this damn sales page that doesn't even matter to the to the membership, like it'll be good to have eventually so that when people come along and they haven't been listening to my podcast, um, you know, but y'all have already heard about it in my podcast. So the sales page is more for people who don't know me or haven't been following my work for long enough to know all the stuff that, like I've said it in one way or another, all the stuff that will go on the sales page, I've said it on the podcast. So anyway, that's, the time and energy I've spent is a sunk cost. Opportunity cost is only relevant for making future decisions. It's like if I continue to sink time and energy and resources into this whatever, am I costing myself elsewhere? Am I costing myself potential returns uh, in the future? Like keywords there. So there are all... There are a bunch of other kinds of costs, and I'm not an economist. I literally, like, so I took Economics 101 because it was required for engineering school, but that was, like, eight years ago. And But so my family is, like, super business and money-oriented anyway, so I learned about a lot of this stuff. Actually, in fact, if you go back to, I think it was the second episode or third episode, I interviewed my brother, and he is, like, where I learn a lot of this stuff. He's He is an engineer, in fact. And, um, he helped me a lot cause he works like a regular big boy job. He has like a, a desk job with benefits and shit. Um, but so he's not an entrepreneur like I am and my husband is, but he understands a lot. Um, cause he has been before he ran a painting business to put himself through college. And so we often get told those of us in our twenties are like, start saving for retirement now and giving this impression that if you're not already saving for retirement, then 
all the money you spent on everything else, you know, all the avocado toast and lattes and shit are like your opportunity cost for that was having a good retirement. But that's not always true. Sometimes, especially if you're investing in a business or investing in yourself, um, you are going to see more returns from your investment in the immediate now than you would in 30 or 40 years or whatever. And if you want to learn more about that, like my brother is a wealth of information and he's also funny. So you can go back and listen to that episode. It was a super early episode. So now at this point, I'm like, mm, I feel a little weird telling people to go back and listen to those because I know they're not as good um, from a recording standpoint. But it's still an interesting topic. Um, and if you want to learn more about that, there's the place. But um, so there's all these other, there's like relevant costs, which are like, so if I had to pay like a subscription for this template I bought or something, that would be a relevant cost because it's like I'm still spending money for it. But it wasn't. It was like a one time I bought it and now I have it. You know what I mean? So um, so you have to factor in things like do you need to cancel subscriptions or or are things still draining on you? Um, in a way that would make them not sunk costs, that would make them relevant costs. And maybe that's not even the technical correct term. I don't know. Is what I'm getting at here is I'm not an economist. I'm just trying to put this in terms of like what's practical and useful. Um, so the sunk cost fallacy, in my opinion, is when we mistake sunk costs for opportunity costs. So opportunity costs are only relevant to the future, you know, and so that's where the relevant cost piece comes in. It's like if you have already spent a lot of time and energy on and resources on something, this is the fallacy, the definition, is our tendency to follow through on an endeavor if we have already in invested time, effort, or money into it, whether or not the current costs outweigh the benefits. So sometimes you're sinking a lot of money and resources and energy into an endeavor. And so this is really relevant to um, entrepreneurship, but it's also relevant to like, that's what I was saying, like relationships. We'll get into some of that towards the end. I have some journal prompts for you in just a moment. And I, the, I have a bunch of examples of areas of life it might be relevant for you. Um, so um, just because you've spent a lot on something of mental energy, physical energy, headspace, money, years of your life, whatever it is, things giving you gray hairs on your head and wrinkles on your face and all this stuff, whatever the case may be, you have to evaluate it from a perspective of like, is it still costing you all of that or did it just cost you that once in the past and you're just invested in it because it has cost you that before because you're not going to get that cost back either way. The relevant costs or opportunity costs are the things you can get back. So that's kind of what I want you to focus on is like don't hang on to things just because you've spent a lot of time on it. And it's hard. That's the whole idea behind this fallacy. And it's an, it's an actual economic uh, concept. Which So economics is a little bit – it's like part math and science and, you know, graphs and stuff. But it's also part – human behavior and psychology and that's what makes it so interesting because it's like you can't actually 
predict like the stock market you uh that's another thing my brother talked about in his episode it's not an actual indication of the health of the market it's an indication of people's beliefs about the health of the market which is fascinating super fascinating I mean to some people I don't know it's not really to me like I don't care about following the the stock market but just the idea of like how people make decisions related to investments and so that's what this this stuff comes from like I'm borrowing it from economics but it's really relevant because it's related to just how we make decisions as people and and so the whole idea behind the sunk cost fallacy is that we have a tendency to hold on to things for longer than we should because we've invested a lot into it and so that's what I'm going to ask you to look at right now is whether or not the things that you have spent a lot of time investing yourself into, and by yourself, I mean, like, I can't say this enough times, I don't just mean money. I don't just mean time. I mean, like, the things you've invested your energy into, like anything or resources, whatever. Um, You know, because in some ways, those things are a lot more important than money. Like, what have you spent parts of you that you can't get back on? And is it worth it? So when you look back with gratitude on your year, do you find that there were some things that you were trying to force because they've been a part of your life for a long time? Maybe it's time to release those things. And and maybe it's not even that you need to release those things. Maybe it's you need to release your approach to those things. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you don't, hopefully the journal prompts that I have for you will... Um, help. So, um, yeah, just because you can't recoup the cost of something doesn't mean it was a waste. So this is where I'm, the point I'm getting to is, so like with my sales page example, just because, you know, I can't get back all those hours I spent on it. Um, I'm going to release the membership anyway. It's actually already up. You can go to my yogiscopes.com slash store or you can go to my link in the bio on my social medias and it's at the very first link there um, and you can see it there that you can just go and buy the membership if you've been ready and you've been waiting for me to release it you can just go and do that um, and it still has details it still will tell it just doesn't have like all the things that a sales page normally has which is like the answers to any minuscule little question you could have. And if you have a question, just like email me, dude. Like here I am waiting to hear from you. I love hearing from you. Uh, So anyway, so with that, it's like just because I can't get back the effort I spent on that doesn't mean it's like lost. I can still release it eventually. I just don't have to let releasing the membership ride on that. And the same thing with engineering school This is actually, like, why I kind of understand this concept a little bit and know about it um, is something I learned in engineering school just because it was a long time ago. Um, And I learned a lot about, you know, it just made me a smarter person, really. More educated, I should say, because I was already smart to do it as, like, a self-talk thing I'm working on. Um, I had to be smart to get there. It just made me more educated. Anyway, like, I... Just because I don't necessarily use, like, Gantt charts every day and shit, you know, calculus, whatever, that I learned in engineering school, it just made me understand the world a lot better um, in a lot of ways. Uh, 
And I learned a lot about myself in the time too. So, so that's what I want to encourage you to do is look back on things that you've held on to for a long time ago, for a long time, or a lot, a lot of, you know, just because you've put a lot into it, um, because you are scared of it being a quote unquote waste, maybe shift your mindset and think, okay, just because I didn't get the degree or the thing done or whatever, um, what did I actually get out of it? Because that's, that's kind of where the gratitude piece comes in. So, like, if you found yourself doing the gratitude exercise and you came up with a lot of things that were like, oh, I wish I could feel grateful for this, but here's all these problems about it or whatever, that's okay. If that's that was your experience, that's kind of normal. And that's where I want to be like, don't edge into toxic positivity where you're just like, oh, I should be grateful, so I'm just going to try to force happiness. That's where this skill comes in, this releasing skill, is look at it instead of like, if you are having those feelings that you don't feel as grateful for an experience or something as you wish you did, um, how can you shift your mindset to find the positives? What did you get out of it just because it didn't work out the way you hoped it would? Um, what what can you find positive, like the silver lining, I guess, um, in it? So then next is to release attachments to identifying with activities or titles. So here's a nice idea and talk about this all the time. The very core tenet of yoga philosophy, detach your ego, your identity, your self-worth from your ideas and plans. Um, so what do you do instead? Lean more into self-reflection and strengths and weaknesses. So what skill did you get out of it or what skill set did you lack? Because even having that, you know, maybe you're like, I don't feel like I got anything out of it. Well, what did you, what did it elucidate for you for something that you lack? And now that's where you can focus on setting your goals around, you know, even just that knowledge and self-knowledge is a gift. Okay. And so if you need a little help around strengths and weaknesses, a little, in fact, perhaps that's what a birth chart reading can really help with that. It can help with like identifying areas of tougher karma for you, um, where your strengths and weaknesses may be so that you can focus more on the strengths instead of butting heads against the weaknesses. And then also remember that saying yes to something is inherently saying no to something else. So you're doing this all the time. So when you're like overcommitting yourself or like continuing to invest in this thing or whatever relationship, possession, career path, title, obligation, whatever. Um, when you're saying yes to that thing, you're saying no to something else. So if that thing is draining on you and you feel like you're holding on to it just because of the sunk cost and you're not actually getting anything out of it anymore, um, you're saying no to lots of other ways of being and, and things that, that you could perhaps, you know, get that. This is the opportunity cost piece. As you continue to say yes to something that's not serving you anymore, you're saying no to things that could serve you. So as hard as it is to say no to something that you may have said yes to for a long time, if you do finally uh, just say one, two, three, go and do it, you know, because it's not easy. I'm not going to here to pretend like it's just like you're a failure for not because it's hard. Um, you'll be able to say yes to things that are 
more in alignment for you. Um, so apply this whole philosophy to your possessions, your career, your titles, your relationships, your hobbies. Um, you can, some ways to like get this energy going are to declutter, to unsubscribe, to um, take inventory. So that's actually the first journal prompt is like how can you let go of some shit if you're not like really clear on what it is you actually have. So maybe you immediately come to mind like this has been striking a chord within you, like ringing a bell in your subconscious somewhere and you kind of know what it is you need to focus on for this journal activity, you know, and if that's the case, then do that. Um, but here are some ideas to get you started if you're having a hard time or maybe you think there, wow, there's just a lot of things. Uh, you just pick one or get a birth chart reading and that can help with which one to focus on right now. Okay. So anyway, um, here are some areas that you might take inventory in. So to put it simply, beliefs, habits, goals, and roles. So you could think of like those four things. What are some beliefs you have that may or may not be serving you? That you're holding on to just because you've had for a long time. Some habits, ways of showing up, some goals, or some roles, titles, obligations, things like that. And then so some more um, nuanced things to look at. Physical possessions, beliefs, values, obligations, habits, hobbies, goals, relationships, connections, commitments, emotions. And so that could be either trait or state. And if you want a nice psychological definition of that, go back and listen to the Dr. Marie Cross episode. She explains what trait and state emotions are really well. But basically it's like, do you find yourself being like an always angry person? Or do you find yourself lately sitting in anger a lot or um, whatever the case is, you know, it like emotions can be ways of being. And so that's the last one I have for you is like ways of being like, how do you show up? Take inventory, beliefs, habits, goals, and roles. So just spend some time taking inventory. I would encourage you to choose like one, but if you have the time, go ahead and do all four of those areas. Maybe just make like little boxes on your paper and you jot some stuff down about how you, beliefs you have, habits you have, goals, roles, whatever. Just make lists, take inventory. That's number one. And then after you do that, I want you to think about which ones are really serving your higher purpose and which ones aren't. And then if you want to take that a step further, pretend you have to eliminate half of them. And so if you had to get rid of literally half of these things, you know, maybe maybe in your little last question, you were like, well, I feel like all of these things are serving me. Either way, whatever you feel like, if you had to eliminate half of them, which ones would you choose and why? So that'll really help elucidate which ones are serving you the most. Because odds are most of us are probably doing too much shit, like most of the time. Um, clearly I am always am. So I'm not just talking to you here. I'm talking to myself as well. So then you might just do that. And when you find which ones you're going to eliminate and why, that's going to help get a lot of clarity around which ones are 
the best for you, the best beliefs, habits, goals, and roles, and to lean into those things more. Um, So that'll give you what you're going to focus on is the things that you're like, I absolutely cannot let go of this way of being, right? So there's some other ones that's like um, maybe you could let go of it, but so it just helps prioritize. You know what I mean? That's the idea. Is that was, that's what we're doing. I'm not telling like you don't actually have to let go of half of the things that you're attached to, but imagine you did, and that will help. It's kind of like when you flip a coin and – you know, you have heads is one thing, tails is the other. And in the air, you're like, oh, should I really hope it lands on heads? And then you know, you're like, oh, I couldn't decide. But now when I introduce that, now I realize where my priorities really lie when I feel torn, right? Um, and so then you might take this and look back at your biggest failures this year or things you uh, always dread doing. So exclude the things that always make you feel better afterwards. So like going to the gym, I, you know, maybe you dread going to the gym, but then after you go to the gym, you're like, oh, I actually don't dread that. It made me feel better. So don't, don't include things just because it's hard to get started because a lot of things are good for you and we know this and they're definitely hard to get started and might induce some feelings of dread. But so I'm talking more about like is there a friend that you've been really trying to maintain the relationship with and it just feels like a lot of work for not a lot of return, right? Or, um, you know, a partner even, or um, a job that, you know, and I recognize that sometimes, you know, y'all know, I'm like not telling you to just up and quit your job because everybody doesn't have a backup plan or like a cushion to fall back on. So it's not always that simple, but just start to bring awareness around what little shifts you could make uh, so you don't have to, be filled with dread around things that you're doing. Um, or, or if you look at failures and you're like, well, what led to that? What way of being caused that? Or, um, sometimes it's not always like your fault. Okay. So maybe what way of being could you facilitate to, um, try and ensure against that again or whatever the case is. So, Beliefs, habits, goals, and roles. What ones have you been investing a lot into? Uh, Maybe what ones do you continue to hang on to just because you've invested a lot into it? Uh, Is it serving you anymore? Just look at that stuff, you know? Don't mistake a sunk cost, things that you've already spent and can't ever get back for an opportunity cost, which is, you know, a new way of being or investing that could bring new returns. So look at that in terms of your belief, habits, goals, and roles. And then get ready to let some shit go. All right, that's all, y'all. If you want to sign up for the membership, check. The link will be in the show notes. You can also find it in my bio or on my website under offerings. If you want to get a reading, you can also find that under offerings on my website. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks for joining me yet again. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time.